0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My First Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Naim Parvez, and I'm a relatively new and sometimes clueless business owner. And I wanted to talk to seasoned entrepreneurs to help guide me and inspire me and help me understand the best way to grow my own business. So I wanted to learn about what mistakes to avoid, how to overcome common challenges, and how to identify opportunities. And that's why I created this show for you, dear listener. So if you're running a new business or an old one, I don't care, I'm not an ageist. I bring on guests from all sorts of industries and they are full of wisdom that you'll chew right up. And each episode is going to be like a conversation with a mentor that you never had. This episode is brought to you by Digitalina. Now I might be a bit biased as the owner of the business, but I think we've cracked the code when it comes to lead generation for service-based businesses my co-founder, who also happens to be my wife, and I have spent years building out our own system of advertising that gets businesses new, high-quality leads day in and day out, all on autopilot. To find out if we can do this for you and what kind of results you can expect, let's schedule a free discovery call using our website. That's www.digitalina.io. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-I-N-A.io. Now, without further ado, let's get on to the episode. Okay, my guest today is Christiana Makshin, a.k.a. the Dubai Matchmaker. And boy, is she rewriting the blueprint of the Dubai Datingverse. She's got a lifestyle development consultancy focused on helping Dubai men and women attract their ideal partner through her elite matchmaking and customized dating coach programs, which to date, boasts an over an 80% success rate. She's a native New Yorker, has degrees in finance, education, business, and has been an athletics coach. She's written a book. She's left her successful job in education after becoming a certified dating coach. Whew. And and now she's focused, she has a focus plan on taking over the Dubai dating scene one match at a time. Christiana.
1: Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Naeem. I'm so excited.
0: Thanks for coming on. Um, of course. I thought, you know, we're going to deep dive a lot into the behind the scenes of the business, but there is mm-hmm. one question I wanted to start with, which is a bit random. Okay. Is it true that in your um, database, before anyone gets there or is eligible, you have a super top secret question that you ask <laughs> to suss out if they're ready to be on your database
1: yeah i do i have a couple questions that i mm-hmm. ask for sure um i think i use this more for my screening calls for potential clients anybody is free to join the database they can apply and then i do a video call with them to screen them as well mm-hmm. but are you asking for those questions can you
0: give me that question <laughs> that's my next question
1: um i can give you some of the questions that i ask one of them only is... the secret
0: one, the top
1: secret <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you the combo one okay so one of the questions I ask is, how would you rate yourself one to 10? Mm-hmm. And this is just like overall package. I'm not asking like physical. I really want to know uh, how you rate yourself and what you think you bring to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And basically like the higher rating you have the m- <laughs> um I appreciate that more because it knows that you bring a lot to a relationship and then you're ready to date. Yeah. When I hear somebody that rates himself a low number, then I kind of slot them into, okay, they need dating coaching first.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very interested in the questions, from, even from a business perspective, because good questions get you like good question is a, pr- a problem half solved. Yes, I think. Right. And um, and we've we've been trained to do that in the sales world ourselves. So as an entrepreneur, you're always selling. So mm-hmm. you need to learn to ask good questions when you're exploring partnerships, whether you're exploring hiring, you need to be able to ask good questions. So. I want to understand your philosophy on setting up these questions because you probably Mm -hmm. thought about them a lot and some of them probably relate a bit to how you run business too. So these questions, you've already given me an example of how (laughs) the intention, like it doesn't really matter how people answer the question. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's their tone of their voice. Maybe it's the words that they use. How do you feel about questions in general? What, What are you trying to look for? What information are you looking for? And is it exactly what is being said versus what is being thought and are you able to figure (laughs) that out
1: well i think maybe like being a new yorker i'm able to suss somebody out quite quickly when Mm -hmm. i first meet them maybe it's energies maybe it's just um (laughs) i won't even get into like my super technique because i don't want to like reveal that Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but um i will say another question that i asked that i think Mm -hmm. is quite revealing when you talk to either a potential client or a member is i ask them why do you think you're single and uh, the answer to this question is very telling. I will say that people who say, I don't know. Okay, well, then that tells me maybe they're not too reflective.
0: Self-awareness.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, or yeah. self-aware. And maybe that they do need some dating coaching before they go out into the dating world. I love it when somebody answers it with a lot of um, depth. And they say, well, well, I, I won't go into the answers. <laughs> <laughs> but but to. when they answer it with depth them with detail, I think then I know that this person is self-aware and maybe yeah. they are ready to meet somebody who's special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like for, I can give a couple of examples from like these tech giants, right? They'll ask mm-hmm. you in an interview, let's say, how many golf balls can you fit on a Boeing 747? Oh and gosh. even if you're a non-technical employee
1: mm-hmm. and they're
0: not looking for the answer, they're not looking for number of golf balls. They want you to sit there and be like, okay. What's the size of a golf ball? It's about this big, yay big, so that's the volume. Okay, how how many seats are in a Boeing 747? Okay, is it with seats or without seats? Okay, the plane is without seats. And then they'll start calculating. Yes. Okay. So they okay. want to see the thought process mm-hmm. of the person. Or from an emotional intelligence standpoint, you could ask someone, hey, can you describe a failure? And mm-hmm. if they say things like, oh, you know, I was doing everything right, but my boss messed it up, and that was a failure. Definitely. Or if they just fail to recognize their own failure in a way that take accountability for it and responsibility, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, when you ask people their weaknesses, that turn it into a strength, which is kind of um, <laughs> don't <laughs> wait, wait, do wait, that, guys. Wait,
1: but do, but aren't we kind of taught that we, to to correct? choose to choose a weakness that is a strength?
0: Correct. Yeah. But I think that's horseshit. Like if, you, <laughs> if, if I'm asking you for like, what are your weak at? So mm-hmm. I'm deciding as an employer, and maybe this is wrong because I'm still new and learning. But if you're telling me your weakness upfront, and I can f- manage the job description based on that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to take out something from your scope of work because you're not comfortable in it. Or we can work on finding training programs to help you improve that. Versus you being like, you know, this, everything was going bad. And then, you know, I learned X, Y, Z from it. That's a different kind of story. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, again, this is where the framing of the question is more important. I was going
1: to say framing, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just
0: talk me through a failure um, or give me an example of a failure that you've recently had or something like that. Just and pick up these nuances in there.
1: I would say people feel uncomfortable with the word failure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I maybe you can ask. Um, tell me about a time where you where things didn't go as you planned, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then that might be more comfortable for people. The
0: person says, <laughs> "I never plan; <laughs> things well, then, never go."
1: Then they don't get the job. <laughs> well, it's interesting yeah. you're talking about interviewing mm-hmm. because when I do my coaching program, and basically the whole like premise of it, so it's called like Empower Dating, and it's basically to teach people how to date like you're the CEO of your life. Yeah. And your potential partner, you're hiring them as your potential partner. Yeah. So you have to think about, right, what kind of things do you need to observe, listen for, look for, ask for when you're early on in the dating process or throughout the dating process, right, to see does this person meet the job description that you're putting out there. And you wouldn't pay somebody if they weren't meeting the minimum requirements. Absolutely. Would you? And we know what paying means. <laughs> so you gotta think about that (laughs) absolutely
0: no i'm actually going to bring that up uh later in the conversation it's point number eight we're going to discuss that a bit more in detail i want to i want to go back in time a little bit so where and what was your life before being the dubai matchmaker if you can walk us through that through that journey a little bit just to give everyone a context
1: let's do this while i was born no i'm kidding (laughs) well um time ago a long time ago well i'm American. Mm-hmm. a native new yorker even though i was born in florida i was born in florida because my father was playing for the mets at the time oh, cool so but i grew up in new york uh grew up started in the bronx and moved to westchester uh, oh. my parents are high school sweethearts yeah they met when they were 14 and 16 they both lived in the city i uh, decided to raise my brother and i outside in the suburbs i was an athlete most of my life so springboard diving was like my my sport yeah <laughs> I did start like later on, as like most people would say, who are in the sport, I think I started when I was like 12. But um, yeah, I excelled in that, did really well in school, ended up at Notre Dame, which is a D1 school. And yeah, studied finance. Uh, I went into finance because I was just good with numbers and I did not like uh, literature or reading or writing. So I was like, oh, I'll just do that. And at the time, uh, Notre Dame was the number one undergraduate business school. So I was like, okay, good, I'll get a good degree. Um, partied most of the time <laughs> there. I was mainly focused on, uh, yeah, having a good time, but I made it out. I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually take a break in uh, during university, definitely partied a little too hard, but then that opened the doors. I actually went to SUNY purchase for a year and I got a degree in art business and I actually loved the path that I took with my education because I was in this really super, finance role and then became a lot more well-rounded after going to SUNY Purchase and learning more about art, uh, the business behind art, but then really developing a love and appreciation for the arts. And then uh, I did an internship with Merrill Lynch, and I figured, you know what, this probably isn't the right path for me. And if I'm very honest, my thought process at the time was, okay, my husband can be in finance. Uh, I didn't want to kill myself in banking for four years. And I was like, I'm way too pretty for this. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. That was my thought process. And then um, I loved coaching. I loved teaching people. So I went and got my master's in education. And my first jobs were, yeah, in school. I was a kindergarten teacher in the South Bronx. And I absolutely loved it. And I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Icon, no. but... So Carl, he's like massive billionaire in uh, in New York. And um, I started at his charter schools and I absolutely loved it. I met a guy when I was in New York. I was living Upper West Side at the time, my goodness. And gosh, this is like years ago. So I'm like bringing back like all this like nostalgia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, he actually lived and worked in Abu Dhabi. We had a whirlwind romance and we did long distance for about a year. I ended up getting a job in Abu Dhabi, moving to, uh, gosh, yeah, to the UAE in 2016. I was a KG1 teacher. And yeah, it was definitely, the Middle East was not on my map at all. And my whole family lives within like 10 miles of each other in New York, so I never even thought I would ever leave New York but it has brought so much opportunity moving to the middle of the earth (laughs) and uh having all these different i guess doors open because when i was here we actually ended up splitting maybe only like five months into me moving but um i decided to stay because i said listen i signed a contract it's a great opportunity for me I climbed the ladder very, very quickly. Even though it was education, it was like a corporate education system. So I climbed the ladder super quickly. I ended up becoming a curriculum leader, published author, training, mentoring teachers. Um, and then yeah, decided Abu Dhabi was too small for me because, um, I actually ended up dating at seven or eight guys from the same company that my ex was at. And I was like, it is time to leave. <laughs>
0: You need a bigger pond.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) Dubai was that bigger pond. And plus, being a New Yorker, like Dubai is definitely much more my pace than Abu Dhabi. No hate on AD. I loved it there. (laughs) But I'm definitely more of a Dubai girl. And yeah, I moved here. Um, I don't know if I can get into too much detail because I did sign a contract. But I will say that my path into becoming a matchmaker was I had an Instagram called Dating in Dubai. And it was a comedic Instagram where I would talk about my dating escapades. It really started in 2020 during the pandemic. I had never like I had used dating apps, but not really, because I was always meeting people in person. But this was like the time where everybody was on the apps, everybody was doing Zoom dating, which I found absolutely ridiculous. But I documented my time. In COVID dating, post-COVID dating, when everything started to open again in May. People were really attracted to my empowered dating standpoint, asking me questions about dating, relationships, and I loved it. So I then invested in programs of becoming a certified dating coach, um, professional matchmaker, mentors, all of this. Uh, My previous job found out about my Instagram account thought it didn't match the ethos of the school so we decided to part ways which was fine because without that it wouldn't have led me to the business i have today
0: so i'm going to ask you i probably know the answer based on what you said (laughs) but on a scale of one to ten how accidental was this business ten being the most accidental one Mm. being intentional
1: um i would say probably a three obviously now it's definitely intentional i think that parting ways with my previous uh, school, it was a time of reflection. And I would say the first month, because I mean, (laughs) I can't get too much into detail, but basically Mm -hmm. I I was still getting paid and, and, and I got a nice payout to leave in the middle of the school year. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do? I freaked out, but then I got a new position quite quickly. But as you know, school year doesn't start till August. So I had months to really sit and think. And I had started one business, but um, it was just about like things to do in Dubai and all the It's such a saturated market. I and saw
0: some YouTube videos. On yeah.
1: That. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, they was, still was on it? Your the channel? Dubai Daily. Yeah, yeah the there. Dubai Daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um because i had signed this contract with them i couldn't talk about dating until july-ish but i put a lot of time and yeah not really like time i would say effort mostly and i was like this is the path i want to go down i love helping people with relationships and what is really needed in the market and i know that we spoke about solution seeking and uh Dating in Dubai gets such a negative reputation, but honestly, there's so many quality people here, they're just missing one another. And because of where we are now, where the market is just so saturated with dating apps, a lot of people are moving more towards like either curated dating, which is matchmaking, or just meeting more people in person. So, yeah. and that's what I'm
0: here for. <laughs> I want to ask you about that time again, that introspection that you were having before the August term started, where yes. the genesis were, was happening. I want to ask you, obviously, how you felt too, but in a bit. But I want to ask, how were the reactions of the people in your life? Um, mm-hmm. Friends, family, <laughs> confidants, like anyone you were talking to? Were there objections? Were there unconditional support? Were there what kind of conversations were you having, and where were they leading you, if at all? Um, inspiring you or uninspiring you, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you mean the time that I split from the job or the time when I started my business?
0: Started your business.
1: Okay, so I am a person, when I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. And I do it 100 plus percent. Now, um, I had started that new job in August, but decided quite quickly that this wasn't for me. And I think it was a wink from God slash sign from the universe that was like, do what you actually want to do. Now, it's scary because I never was, I never started my own thing before, except for being an author, but like my own business and not having like a steady salary. Now, my parents were like, you're insane. You're crazy. You should have stayed at that job and then started the business whilst you were at that job. I said, there's no way I could have been the business owner that I have or provide the services that I have for my for my clientele with being a teacher and doing uh, the job or working in education. So anyway, what ended up happening was I had my parents who didn't support me and I would ask them for investment. And they were like, no, you need to figure it out on your own. I thank them today for that, though, honestly. Um, Friends who were really inspired by me that I just left my job and decided to start this Um, myself questioning, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm a crazy person, (laughs) but, um, and we can go into details about like the ups and downs in the beginning and like the rise and the fall of certain different things. But I will say that all my friends because I think it's also like we're in 2022, everyone is kind of like making their own mark. The UAE, Dubai uh, in particular, is really, I would say, a house for entrepreneurs who really want to start something. There's so much great opportunity because it is a young country. It is a young economy. So you can bring something from another part of the world or start something completely new and it pff, booms. Um, I would say that. I did not have support from my family or my parents in particular in the beginning. Cause they were like, get a job. You're crazy. But they also grew up in a generation where everybody had a job and you have a salary. Plus they're also entrepreneurs. They started businesses, but as along with their salary job. So they thought and much I was later insane. into their career, much, yeah. much later in their career. So, um, it, it was sad that I didn't have that support from them in the beginning, but now they're itching to invest. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> you
0: no, know, the, the reason I ask is there's everyone has this journey on the bridge of entrepreneurship, right? We're almost there, and there's so many things. You forget the challenges of the business or mm-hmm. the solution seeking of the business. There's this whole bridge that you have to cross before. And one of the things for Um, at least the culture that I come from, is that, hey, you need to get into a salary job, climb the corporate ladder. That's how we did it. That's how you'll do it. Mm -hmm. And the economics of life and money and financial freedom has changed so much, Yes, right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. if you want to increase your income in a year, take on more clients as a business or come up with a new service, or you have a lot more leverage on Mm -hmm. your bank account versus being a salaried employee, which is wait for that promotion in a year so that you can plan out your years, five years. And you know what? It works for people. Mm -hmm. And there are professionals that I know that are killing it. They're loving their jobs too. It's not like they don't have passion for it. It's just very hard when you don't have that emotional kind of support from your own network as well. So Mm -hmm. we were kind of the same way. My parents were like, what the hell are you Mm -hmm. doing? None of us in our family have ever done business. Why are you attempting it? And my answer was there has to be someone to break the yeah. cycle or let me try. Cause here's the thing. I'm, I was 34 around the time I started the business and I'm still pretty employable. I have great experience, a great mm-hmm. CV, great resume. If it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen, which is what I want to ask you next. Like before you were jumping in or in the early stages, what fears or considerations were you having? <clears throat> what, what were the other, obstacles on that bridge of entrepreneurship that were you know maybe Mm -hmm. mental problems because maybe most of our problems are mental problems but what was your anti-list or your anti-advice to yourself being like don't do this i know you said you you, when you say something and you're gonna do it you Mm -hmm. do it but was there a case for not doing it in your head which seemed pretty strong i'd say no (laughs) none at all
1: no i literally like i said i i knew that i was gonna make it work one way or another like um what you were talking about like different products uh testing the market and the way that I went in it is I I resigned from my job even before I had my first client I was just like I don't want to be in this environment anymore it's not for me because also my previous uh position I was a leader in a school so I was outside of the classroom And then to go back into the classroom, it was just, it was a different move for me and it was a different environment. And I just, I think it was like that kick in the rear to just like from God saying, do what you want to do. Just didn't see myself. And I'm a person I have, like, I am not, like my stress level is one and I don't let things bother me. Um, I... I'm a solution seeker. (laughs) I really rarely complain about things. But then when you see yourself like making yourself physically ill, feeling negative, you're like, it's the time to leave that job. So I left. And um, like I said, I didn't even have a first client. Then I found my first client because I told the universe, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And um, there were ups and downs in terms of financials in the very beginning. But then I sat with myself and I said, make a decision how, because obviously money is a major factor when you're starting your own business. And I really didn't have savings. Um, I put everything on credit cards when I first started. And I just said, but I know this is going to work. And if it doesn't, I'm going to make it work somehow, some way. And I didn't really have anybody to fall back on except for myself. I mean, obviously, m- my family has money. And if I ever wanted to or could ask them for money, I would have. But I'm actually kind of happy that they did not give me any money. They actually said no. When I asked, I was like, hey, can you guys just support me with 5000 us and they were like no (laughs) they're like you made this decision you need to figure it out whether you get a part-time job or you don't and I'm actually grateful to them that they didn't because now I know like I did this all on my own literally all me by myself figuring it out going through the highs and the lows and yeah but I would say I never really had self-doubt about the business I would just say maybe I had worries about money in the beginning but that's it
0: so let's dig into that a a little bit we'll talk about money in a bit as well but Mm -hmm. I want to point out to one thing that you mentioned like just kind of sussing out the energy um your own and the environment that you're in so I recently started going to Reiki so Mm life-changing um and I've tried to keep that ongoing on a minute by minute basis or a moment to moment basis on like trying to assess energy and it's helping me, uh, weed out people that I don't want to be around and people (laughs) that I want to spend more time with. So both sides, uh, and also with, with work as well. Like, um, I think I was doing it intuitively, but now I have a language to support, um, or at least the, the sense and, and sensing that energy a bit more too. So, um, reiki is amazing if you guys do want to try it you should go but i want to talk to you i have a quote from you tell me if this is your quote (laughs) Uh found on the internet but you can never you can never trust the internet (laughs) so it says and this is has to do with some of your worries so a couple of months into my business i saw a therapist to help me rewire my brain and relationship with money the hypnotherapy session worked wonders and has helped me save more money and make and attract more opportunities for success and growth in my business Tell me, Mm -hmm. tell me about that time.
1: So one of my very now dear friends and somebody that I do business with all the time, her name is Helen and I'm going to butcher her last name plate, P L E I C. Um, she is an RTT specialist. That's rapid transformational therapy and there's hypnosis involved with it. And basically uh, you go to her when you want to kind of rewire your brain. And for me, Maybe because like of the family I grew up in, I've never really like had to ask for much. Um, I had a very different relationship with money when I was getting a salary. I spent every single Durham that I made plus more, put more on credit cards. And my parents used to always say that I had a champagne diet on a beer budget. Is that what you say, or champagne taste? What whatever you whatever you call it. <laughs> um, Anyway, though, and also, I mean, I've had the privilege of dating very successful men. So I kind of always had that mindset that money will always be there. And then when you start your own business and you're responsible for making that money there, um, it kind of changed my attitude towards it. And it wasn't and it was more... I was focused on myself and my relationship with money, um, because at that time, or still this time, this is the most money I've ever made in my life. But um, it's funny, because I probably spend way less than I've ever spent in my entire life, because I count every single Durham, what comes in, what goes out. And I was laughing, because I just came back uh, from Mykonos. And uh, it it was a different experience for me. We We can get more into that later. But um, I'm currently alcohol-free. So, I don't drink. I had signed on for this holiday with friends like before I even made that decision to be alcohol-free and I told everybody in the group. I was like, "Guys, I'm not consuming alcohol." Now, but then when you go to a club and obviously it's just alcohol there, I drank water and then people are like, "Oh, it's 150 split between all of us." I'm like, "I and like I paid it, but I told them I was like, I'm not coming to the next thing because 150 euro for water does not make any sense for me. And like I mentioned, this is the most money I've ever made in my life, but I'm just like, no, I don't wanna spend it. But back to Helen and the RTT. Uh, Basically, she helped me kind of find the root of, I guess, my relationship with money from when I was younger. You go into hypnosis or you're in a hypnotic state and you go into like childhood kind of uh, experiences. And it brought up things that I did not even remember or really was conscious of in my brain. Went into three different scenarios and really about my family And maybe certain situations that happened when I was younger and then afterwards she gives you like this recording It's kind of it's very meditative. You listen to it before you go to bed um, when you wake up And it has helped me to release that worry around money I felt like I was maybe coming from a position of lack rather than a position of abundance when it came to money And because, like I said, I was the sole person making money. I did not rely on a paycheck. I relied only on myself. And I also noticed my relationship with or my attitude towards clients or in client calls, potential client calls, it was more like, listen, this is a service, you either wanna do it or you don't, like the way, the attitude that I come at it now, they either do it or they don't. It's more about focusing on a goal or a number that you wanna make rather than on a person. So for example, if you and I were in a call, maybe in the beginning of my uh, business, I would have thought, okay, Naeem, I have to get him to sign on. Rather than thinking, okay, I'm going to make X amount this month, this month, and it doesn't matter if Naeem does it, maybe Marwan does it, maybe somebody else does it. So having that different attitude towards the situation yeah. has changed. In my,
0: in my career as a salesperson, they used to train us to not have commission breath. Because that, okay. that desperation that you're describing of like, I want him to sign on, Yes, it comes off as commission breath. And typically salespeople are judged on quarter to quarter, right? So you got mm-hmm. your monthly targets, you got your quarterly targets. Yeah. So you'd see uh, close to the end of March, if you're getting sales calls, these guys are speaking much faster, they're way more desperate, and you can yes. smell that commission breath. Because mm-hmm. month is coming to a close, quarter is coming to a close, they need to keep their job. And that kind of drives uh, that behavior, um, as well, right? So there's there's a lot of work that um, we've had to do, and I'm still doing that mm-hmm. kind of work um, for similar reasons. In the sense that growing up, the relationship with money, and I'm reading this book called uh, "The Body Keeps Score." I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's written by a neurologist, and it's all about the childhood traumas that people face, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And how they are kind of stored within you and they manifest themselves through other ailments that you think are, you know, you have, you think mm-hmm. you have a lung problem or you think your knees are weak. You're, well, hold on, let's figure out what happened to you. And a lot of these times you figured out that people were repressing like stories of rape or incest in their mm-hmm. families and they weren't ever dealing with it and it manifested in itself. So uh, the point was that even the smaller things, Uh, through your childhood and how you view things. And for example, uh, my dad stopped earning um, when I was 25. So I'd taken family responsibility. So I have some trauma there, right? Like Mm. I'm a young kid, like I was supposed to be free. This is my chance. I'm graduated. I'm making 100K working on Bay Street, which is the Wall Street of New York in Toronto. And I was like, this is my time. And then, you know, started having that kind of negative feelings, which I still think I'm carrying till today where mm. I don't fully have that abundance mindset. But I'm lucky because my wife is on the other end of the spectrum. She's a you. She's a yeah. stress level one. <laughs> it'll come. Don't worry. Like, she'll get on a sales call, just have a conversation. It'll be done. You know, never over planning, never overcommitting, just knowing that the universe will take care of us if we just allow it to
1: i like her (laughs)
0: yeah we're definitely gonna meet up with her too i think she'll like you too i want to switch gears before
1: you get into that yeah uh you were talking about that commission breath Mm -hmm. so i actually related a lot i mean it's not just about the sale right also i call it reeking of desperation yeah and it goes with dating too right when you're on a date and like somebody gives you a list of traits that, that they're looking for or a list of goals, I want to be married within the year. I want to have kids in six months, blah, 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 whatever they're listing, Right. Not only do you reek of desperation, but you're also making the other person across from you feel like, okay, this is just a checklist. And if I check it, then I'll be this person's partner rather than making them feel special and that you're the power of the picker is what I call it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, it has to do, like if I were just to add a last point to it from my side would be, are you living in the future too much or Mm -hmm. in the past too? Because that's where desperation creeps in. So if you have that long list that you were describing, it's mostly things that need to happen in the future correct? versus you being in that date, in that moment, in that restaurant, Mm -hmm. on that meal, on that bite of chicken, um, on the scent uh, of the pheromones and hormones that they're going (laughs) around the table. Like, are you sensing everything in the moment and making decisions based on that about what to say, how to behave, how to react? The same in business too, right? Like if you're always worried, like, okay, in 2023, I have this plan, I've got to work on this now and... Um, yeah, we can we can do a whole show on just the, the <laughs> mental health of uh, running a successful business. But I want to ask you about flying solo. Yeah. Um, what I have figured from online resources about you, and what I think in general, people think that being a solopreneur means working alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you: Is that true? And who do you call at two AM the most for business advice? <laughs>
1: Um, I would say that for myself, I'm a person who is uh, very self-sustainable. Is that the word I'm going to use? <laughs> um, I like being a solopreneur. Obviously, we're going to get into this. I now have partners. But um, I wanted to do everything. And I didn't want to, I guess, delegate tasks in the beginning. Because I know that when I hire a team and when I hire it out, I want to be able to say, I've done all of this and that I have the experience um, when I am hiring somebody, I know what questions to ask, I know what things to look for, I know what skills are needed in order to successfully complete a task or whatever, reach a goal. And I remember in the beginning, uh, I was with another friend who's also an entrepreneur and I was when I was setting everything up and I said, Oh my gosh, my to do list is over a hundred things And she sat me down and she said, But isn't it better that these a hundred things that you have to do are for the betterment of your business rather than a hundred things to better somebody else's business? And I was like, Boom. And that like really helped me too like, I guess. I mean, it benefits you, right? So you're focusing oh, like more, I'm, you're doing it.
0: Like on the weekends, like my family mm-hmm. wants my attention, right? And yeah, I, I show them, I'm like, look at the amount of things I have to do. So please pardon me, but I need to work on this. And they're like, oh, such a trap. I'm like, no, I'm actually mm-hmm. doing it from you joy. You love it. And you love it. This yeah. is out of joy. This is pure joy. I can't, like my my guest here in episode number five, Ivan, uh, talked about this concept of loving Mondays. I was like yes that's that's what I feel because you don't feel that in the corporate life as you said your friend Mm -hmm. said why are you building someone else's business you don't get to love mondays the same way unless
1: Mm -hmm. you're doing
0: it maybe solo or doing it for yourself right
1: well you know what's funny is I work every day and I love working every day meeting with clients doing things like it doesn't the list is endless but um one of my mentors, she said, you need to clear your calendar, like at least have like two days on your calendar that you clear. I don't. <laughs> I, I literally work 24 seven, because I'm also available to all my clients whenever they need me. And for me, like I am definitely early on in my business it's less than a year. Like I love working. And I know that one point in my life like it will shift where I give more responsibility to other people but for me I mean I'm a 24-7 girl um, and I love it though <laughs> as,
0: as long as I, I feel like as long as you're okay with the price because I'm mm-hmm. I, I still like I'm not as sure maybe as you but I want to find some sort of balance so for example mm-hmm. I was talking to a coach um, that I haven't uh, we're not working together we're just having a chat and I told him and this leads to my next questions we had I had a job description made for myself. I made a job description for myself. I like that. Um, It ended up being eight bloody pages long. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I told him about this and he's like, you're doing something wrong because your job description should not be eight pages. I said, no, the font size is really big. Mm -hmm. But but either case, it is pretty large. You said that your job description as an owner of a business should fit on a page. Um, Everything else should either be delegated or you need to hire people uh, to help you out. (laughs) Because you won't be. He's like, look at the amount, the the value that each task is bringing to the growth of your business. And I went and looked back in my job description. Absolutely, but again, this is leading back to the money thing. Like, how much money do you have to invest in people and delegation? Because delegation is not free. People, <laughs> it costs mm-hmm. money to delegate. So that's the other insecurity that comes in. Like, oh, no, no, you know what? I don't have time for salaries or money for salaries. That's do it myself. And this is where my wife Alina gets stuck a lot. She ends up doing a lot of the work. She's an accidental freelancer turned agency owner. Mm -hmm. So kind of like you, she's done everything in the business and now she's starting to delegate it. But that journey is not easy. So I wanted to ask you to, we talked about this in the intro to having, um, sort of, um, the, the list of things that you ask your People in your database to fill out, like mm-hmm. about themselves. And do you have a job description for yourself? Do you have a contract? <laughs> also, I think I think yeah. you um, you recommended relationship contracts uh, in a I video. Did. So, yeah. do you have a relationship contract with your business? Do you have a job description? Have you have you done your USP or why <laughs> you should be in a relationship with your business?
1: Well, you know it's interesting. Um, I guess. Because I am my brand, like Christiana Maxine Solutions, um, I'm all over Instagram and other socials. Like I represent myself, I represent my business. I feel like I'm always on, you know. So when I say 24 seven, like I'm not on my computer 24 seven. And when you you were talking about schedules. my schedule is so different. Like Everything I do, though, has a purpose. So when I say like I'm 24-7, I go to yoga because I'm benefiting my mental health uh-huh. there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm investing in myself and my business every, every step of the way because I am my business. So when I go get a massage, I consider that working. <laughs> when i like
0: that reframing
1: yeah and when i'm out at a ne- networking event i'm working when i'm out at a dinner with friends this is my time to relax like that balance that we were talking about i'm investing in myself therefore i'm investing in my business so i'm working all the time
0: i like that mm-hmm. that is a that's a good reframe you know what i wish more people said that yeah. out loud because <laughs> self-care is so important in jobs or in business too mm-hmm. right like and if it is an investment at the end of the day. And Definitely. not all investments need to be money, right? No. Like even though they cost money, but like they don't have to be, you know, I did a course on LinkedIn learning and that's how I spend my time. It's like, yeah, but a massage could have also opened yes. up some knots that freeze your blood flow and oxygen levels for you to think better and have maybe better decision making throughout the day.
1: Definitely. And I would say health is wealth. Um, and that's mental. That's physical. I recently did a bioresonance test. Mm-hmm. Can I shout out a business or no? Yeah, of course. Okay, health nag. <laughs> I absolutely How do you spell them? health. So e h a l t h nag n a g. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. get some free products now from them. <laughs> no, I, I'm a, I work with them, but basically, like, I started as a customer because I absolutely love them. And they have the Drip Studios, which is hot yoga, which is so beneficial for you health-wise. But I recently did a bioresonance test. And... I'm a very firm believer in more like Eastern medicine rather than than Western medicine. I don't believe a bag of pills uh, cures you. I think about like the whole person. And in there, it was quite interesting because when you do the test, it tells you like the level um, of your organs, kind of like how effective they are, and also goes into your aura, uh, your stress levels, a lot of different things uh, in the body. And one of the... Um, I guess highlights of it she said she was like your aura is beaming blue and she's like and this also means like all of your chakras are open and I kind of attribute that to being I know maybe some people will say being a business owner you have some more stress this and that but because I invest so much in myself and in my mental health in my yeah physical health I she was like I never see this from entrepreneurs and I was like oh well
0: that's amazing. I
1: invest in myself, that's why.
0: <laughs> Again, I think uh, you and my wife will get along very well. Oh, so yay. a couple of years ago, <laughs> I was facing this kind of funk, um, complete mental uh, lack of focus, mm. it, uh, no attention to detail. I was messing things up, like small, small details from typos to everything was a bit blurry or I had some dark clouds and she said, "We have we know of this neurofeedback clinic. I'm not sure mm. if you're familiar with it, but... Um, they regulate your brain waves uh, through, you know, um, EEG machines. Uh, pretty affordable too. Can I give a shout out as well? Yeah, yeah shout it's, it! <laughs> <laughs> evolved brain training. So the okay. owner of the show has actually been on the podcast too, and I did twenty sessions of that. And as the lack of abundance mindset, I was like, oh my god, it's going to cost X amount of money. Should I do this? Mm-hmm. And she said, this is an investment in our business. Yes, and I need you to go. I need you to look after yourself. I need you to rewire that brain of yours so that you come back and it, and you put that fresh mind into the business. Mm-hmm. And like it has double, triple, quadruple the value of my brain. Definitely.
1: Uh, just going
0: there, being able to work faster with much more happiness and a bit more focus and finding that own self-motivation that was already in there and rewiring that. So 100% on that. Um, another thing about flying solo. Mm-hmm. So... Decision-making is all up to you, right? Uh, Which includes (laughs) the vision of what this whole brand will be Mm -hmm. and where it's going. And from my personal experience, you can tell me yours, is that in the first couple of years, the vision uh, for us has changed many times because we were unsure of where this is going. We got started. That was a big vision. But every few months, we tried to pivot into XYZ or adding to our packages, removing stuff from our packages or Mm -hmm. trying um, an ancillary business um, on the side. Like we tried to do an academy where we were teaching entrepreneurs to do what we do so they don't have to hire an agency and they can be empowered to do it themselves Mm -hmm. um, and not hire marketers and, you know, just get the basics right so they can run their own ads, that kind of thing. wanted to check with you. Have you been pretty firm um, or what's the evolution of the vision of what you think your brand will be from the time you started till today?
1: Well, I've always had one mission. Um, and it is to rewrite the blueprint of the Dubai dating verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it's definitely expanded now because now we're global. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but with a focus in Dubai, of course. And I think that having that umbrella and having that go to mission statement Um, everything that I've done has fallen underneath that umbrella. Obviously, there's going to be more expansion um, and I guess more added packages. But when you're going through a business, right, you have to try different things and to be flexible with that, see what works, test the market. I remember when I first started, gosh, my prices are so different than what they are now. (laughs) And the services that I offer are slightly different, not too much. But, um, yeah, being flexible with that, I would say making, yeah, I mean, I make all the decisions and I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I and don't know but, about, yeah, but I like it.
0: <laughs> do you get a sense check? Do you, um, mm. is it more just gut and I go yeah. or do you, cause what it sounds like is you do the smarter thing that you already do is getting that sense check from the market because mm-hmm. the, the people that you're asking money from yeah. are the ones who will tell you if you're going in the right direction because mm-hmm. they'll tell you if this service is worth it or not. But in another sphere, do you have those kind of mentoring or guide or someone to bounce ideas off? What's that network looking like for you?
1: You know, what's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think like maybe I was put on this planet to do this because every decision that I've made has led to success. <laughs> I know. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's going to keep. I don't need to knock on wood. Remember? <laughs> Abundance. <Yeah. laughs> um, I had a really clear vision when I did things and I do do uh, I do do things differently than other matchmakers. And I'm learning that, too, especially in my partnership that I have. And it was just this gut feeling that I knew this would work in this market and it has proven to work. I will say, like, I know we're talking about being a solopreneur, but as I gained like more popularity and more success, obviously, I had invested in the beginning in business mentors, um, uh, people that are already matchmakers that I work with now. They've been incredible influences. I still kind of hold true the services that I have and the authenticity that I bring to the industry Uh, But I do hire out like now. (laughs) Um, So I have a PR agency that I think is definitely something super important in a business. Can I give them a shout out? Yeah, Tish Tash. Tish Tash. You know, you know, Tash. (laughs) She's like, she's also become a great friend. So I love Tish Tash. I've referred so many of my female entrepreneur friends to her as well. They use her. Uh, Hmm. They've been an incredible push in my business too. Um, And... Gosh, like I said, like the partners that I have now, like it's not like I'm I invest with them, but it's more we're a partnership. So their knowledge, their experience, over 30 plus years of experience in the matchmaking industry. Gosh, levels of success that are astronomical, hundreds of marriages, thousands of happy couples. Their um, stake across the whole globe has uh, been another great like I guess people that I invest in, that I partner with. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's like my crew. <laughs> nice.
0: I like that. We're gonna jump now and switch switch topics. Okay. Um I wanna talk about your packages and yeah. from a behind the scenes perspective of building packages too. But, mm-hmm. but before that, I mean I can mention a few of them for the audience, so and they might have changed, but mm-hmm. top tier Dubai matchmaking, the Dubai dating do over. This one has a separate section. I'll talk about Dubai mm-hmm. Dating Do over separately. The Elite Dubai Database, Dating Coach Program, Empowered Dating, Wing Woman Night Out, nice, <laughs> Dating App Makeover. So, uh, as I said, I'll talk about Dubai Dating Do Over separately because okay. that's so smart. Um, but w- in general, what's your philosophy on designing these packages? How do you know what goes into what? Um, how much? Um, what's the creative process of designing a package? So, is it <laughs> pen and a paper? Um, is it listening to the market how thoughtful because it looks on your website it looks so neat and organized and well thought through Thank you. so i want to <laughs> learn like what happens on that napkin when you get yeah. that idea like where does the idea come from how does it you know evolve over time if you can walk me through you know the genesis of a package um, that you build up
1: yeah so when i first started doing matchmaking in dubai I <laughs> I know this might sound a little controversial. I did not look at what other matchmakers did. I said, I'm going to create something that works in this region. Obviously, um, it's a newer concept to Dubai. I know that there were other matchmakers before, but I don't think they were as public or uh, maybe based in Dubai. And the way that I did, it, I said, you buy a certain number of matches. And these matches do not expire. There is no timeline to them. Therefore, if you go on a date with somebody, you can actually invest in a relationship with them without having the, I guess, worry of, oh, my gosh, I need to use X amount of matches in X amount of time. Now, that has evolved. <laughs> but um, I will say that I started out with three matches then I moved it to five matches, then I moved it to 10 matches. But now we have grown so much, and with our new partnership, I actually offer time periods that people can choose. You can choose six months or 12 months, and it's unlimited matchmaking opportunities there because our database just has grown so much. We have thousands and thousands of people in the database now, which is, yay, happy days. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I would say, though, with the Dubai dating do over, because Dubai has such a negative reputation for dating, uh, a lot of people feel like burned or scarred from the dating scene here. But as we mentioned before, like Dubai is now being seen as much more of a permanent place rather than a transient city people really putting down roots here buying property um so many different visas golden visas work remote retirement visas now that people are viewing this as a permanent place so i want to like rewrite that blueprint so i created this dubai dating do-over where not only does it include coaching but it also includes external partnerships that i have and that includes rtt hey you want to rewire your brain about dating. Mm-hmm. Maybe you did get burned in a past relationship. Let's put you in RTT. I have so many of my clients that I refer to uh, Helen for this. Um, I also have, you can see my celebrity stylist. You can also get VIP hair experience. Um, Gosh, what are the? Oh, gosh, I have dental too. I have so many different services that can be packaged into this. And then dependent on uh, your circumstance, that can include matchmaking or not. So
0: yeah. You know what's what's really smart about this, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. is that these are all the things that people will be doing anyway. Yes,
1: exactly. To get yeah.
0: ready for the dating life or be better performers in their dating life. These mm-hmm. are but the way you've packaged it, it gives a start and an end date to it it gives you that accountability for it. Yes. It puts everything in one kind of price point. I don't know if it mm-hmm. is in one price point or... But it makes the the whole commitment for them to improve themselves... Yes. Uh, ...much easier. Well, you're going to do it anyway, but you're going to like start late. You're going to... Uh, yeah, fall off in between
1: oh i need i need to lose five more pounds listen you're not going to lose the five pounds let's yeah. go <laughs>
0: so let me ask you from again behind the scenes perspective doing mm-hmm. these kind of packages especially the ones with partnerships and let's jump yes. jump fully into partnerships is it has it been profitable for you would you say these are more profitable than just doing matchmaking on the side with x unlimited number of matches for a certain months
1: so I actually don't take any money from the partners that I have.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, and I do okay. this on purpose, um, okay. because I, especially like you know, Dubai is just it's it's a small hub, right, mm-hmm. of people of entrepreneurs and I care about building business for others because I think I'm gonna get this back tenfold. The universe is like, yeah, help other people. We're gonna help you back 10 times over. So um, when you do do like a Dubai dating do-over, I send you to different different partners. Uh, I get the best price for you and that's included in the package. And yeah, then my partners get business and they whoever the client is, they can choose to promote or not depending on what they want to do with it. But I always promote my partners as well, because I think that having that uh, relationship with them will just produce more business in the future. So I take zero money from my partners.
0: <laughs> just trying to really delve deeper into that. Can you take yeah, me back into it. that night where you had this idea, this particular yeah. idea, mm-hmm. like I need to be able to partner with all these things and it would be great. Can you take me back to the... The exact moment yeah I having the idea
1: I can so I had this idea for the Dubai dating do over and I reached out to um a lot of people that I just knew personally who had businesses that I thought would benefit people in Dubai like for example one of my friends Anthony David Acosta a fellow American hey (laughs) he owns Collective Movement and what he does is really like um he calls it a meditation like a body embodiment meditation and what i love about his work is that it's really freeing uh physically sexually i mean not like actually sexually but you go you go through a lot of things when you do his meditation with him and i think he's an excellent excellent practitioner and i want to praise him for everything that he does so I told him, I said, hey, if I have clients that are interested in doing this type of meditation, would you be down for it? What's your best price that you can give me? So clients who do do the Dubai Dating Do-Over, they pay me a lump sum, and then I pay directly the, uh, my partners. The vendors. And yeah, partners. the vendors. Yeah, I guess vendors would be a better word for it. Yeah. Uh, the vendors. And then, yeah, and then he asked me, he's like, oh, do you want commission on it? I was like, nope, not at all. I just want to promote you and your business.
0: That's really interesting. So because there is a less um, I mean your communication flows I feel with these vendors and partners more easily because there isn't that piece of the pie that you're trying to take correct right you're mm-hmm. you're giving them value mm-hmm. mostly in that sense do you have plans to monetize that those kind of relationships or is it always going to kind of stay the same and where are you thinking mm-hmm. of taking this? Because you mentioned you have a global partnership that you're working on too. Is that similar to this? or? No.
1: (laughs) Um, I would say that I love supporting other businesses, especially here in Dubai. I want to keep it the way that I have it where they just give me their best price. I give them clients and then, yeah, then the universe rewards me later on in life. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to take money from the people that I partner with or do business with in that sense. I would say my partnership now um, I'm partnered up with Millionaires Club, which I don't know, have you ever seen the show Millionaire Matchmaker in the US? Okay, well, it was a massive show in the 2000s. Patty Stanger was the hostess of it. And uh, she has her business, Millionaires Club. And this is, gosh, over 30 years of experience in matchmaking in the US and globally. My other partner is Sync Matchmaking. They work together, Millionaires Club and Sync. They reached out to me when I was only like, what? seven eight months into my business and they said hey you're in Dubai you're killing it would you ever consider joining a team so we're more like a team rather than like a partnership so I we when we work with clients we work as a team they ask me what are the parts of matchmaking or the business that you don't like doing we'll do that and then you do the parts that you like to do and then, yeah, then that's how we work together.
0: What are those different parts what that I you, don't like? Yeah, <laughs> what have you said no to, and what have you said yes? Give me more of that.
1: Okay, so for me, the whole process of um, collecting money, um, I just said yeah. If you guys can take care of that so i have some clients that pay me through my uae bank account or they pay through the u.s account just depends i was uh with them too one of the things i said was contracts but i've actually just uh invested with cwb legal and they're helping me create my uae contract because some of the feedback i got from clients they said i don't want to sign a u.s contract i want to sign a uae contract and i said Mm -hmm. okay that's good to know another feedback i got from clients i don't want to send my money to the usa i want to keep it in uae I said, that's fine too, but if we do it that way, then I'm gonna need a UAE contract. Um, so yeah, I'm getting that sorted. They help me like, sort uh, source the right word, <laughs> maybe find, um, find better matches for my clients too. Because they have such a wide network. They also allow me to not only offer Dubai matchmaking, but global matchmaking. So as you know, like Dubai is an international city. You have people that travel for work, people that own homes in different parts of the world. So when you sign on with us, you actually have the option of dating in any city, Vienna to Vancouver. Dating globally. Dallas to Dubai, Australia to Zurich, literally any major city that you're in, we have that available for you.
0: Oh, well, congratulations. That sounds Thank like a you. really good move, and I can see mm-hmm. the joy that you have with it. I love it. Um, I want to talk about pricing as well with, while <laughs> we're talking about packages, right? Let's so, do it. you're, and you, we can probably bring up your relationship to money in, yeah. in this whole thing, but pricing is in your line of work and in mine, a lot of it isn't, we're charging for our intellectual value.
2: Mm hmm
0: right it's not widgets that we're selling that has you know if you turn it on it'll do this it's not a microwave there's not buttons Mm -hmm. it's not coming from a factory and it's um it's your time and it's your intellectual value that goes into helping your clients how have you viewed pricing from day zero (laughs) until today what has the what if you were to go back two years what would you tell yourself something that you know now about pricing that you didn't know when you first started
1: Well, I'm so transparent with money and I think it's so important that everybody should be. I think uh, people get weird about talking about salaries and money that they make. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but everybody should be so open because this is what makes the world better, makes the world go round. Like if you and I were in the same company and like this actually happened to me, my previous job, I was same exact level as three of my friends. I was making almost 5,500 dirham more than one of, my friends who was at the same exact level as me. And I was like, what are you doing? Why would you sign that contract? And people need to be more transparent about it. But anyway, going back to money. So (laughs) packages, gosh, when I first started, I had three matches for 10,000 Durham. And this was, uh, um, yeah, we sat down, uh, dating coaching, compatibility code, I would plan, or I still do, plan, book the dates, manage the communication. Uh, I do different things in terms of privacy, confidentiality that my clients really, really uh, enjoy about the process. Um, that was my first package.
0: How did you come up with that number?
1: Uh, so I came up with the number. For, I really didn't research other matchmakers. I just thought about, okay, I know that I have a database of amazing women c-level executives lawyers entrepreneurs models more these girls are not on dating apps then i have clients that are coming to me that um have been burned on the dating apps burned in a past relationship think that they can't find anybody who's serious in dubai um yeah so i said okay these guys don't have the time or want to stop wasting energy and effort and going on dates with women that aren't worth their while i have what they need here we go (laughs) So, um, at first, honestly, when I thought about it, I was like, that's a round number 10,000 for three matches, plus everything that I'm offering in between. This also includes some of the Dubai dating do over, uh, aspects to it. And I said, okay, let me start with that. And, um, yeah, but then I remember, so I started taking on clients in October, 2021. November was a massive dip. So October, I still had salary from my previous job. Plus I had a client. So I was like, boom, I made, like, I wrote down when I first started how much uh, money I needed to survive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was like uh, the bare necessities, right? Or like the, the, I call them essentials. So your essentials, right? Rent, uh, DUA, whatever that is. um, The
0: non-negotiables.
1: Yeah, food, things like that. And then I also put down necessities, right? So gym is something I consider. Obviously Toby, my dog, (laughs) things for him and then like going out budget and then like just daily budget so i put that all together in the beginning i would say i had like twenty one thousand was like what i needed to make in order just to like live in dubai 25 21 000 dirham, not us dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's probably that no, and <laughs> okay I'll, I'll get into that yeah but then um yeah so then i said ten thousand would be all the effort that I put in, I'm available 24 seven, this and that. And yeah, I had clients. So I was like, great, let's do that. Then November, it started to dip, right? And I only made 11,000 Durham in November. And I was like, oh my God, or maybe it was 11,000. Again, I can't remember. But anyway, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna die. I didn't make any money here. Mm-hmm. Um And then I started offering different packages, right? I actually met with a friend and he gave me terrible advice. He said, he was like, he's like, you should lower your prices. And I was like, why? And he was like, he's like, you need to lower your prices so that you reach a wider market. So I did do that for like a couple of clients. But I said, I am working so freaking hard for these people. And I'm telling you, when you lower your prices or you give things at a discount, you're going to regret it because The people who ask for a discount are going to be the most difficult clients, period period dot, which is from Real Housewives of Dubai. It's kind of funny. Um, Yeah. Do not discount your services. Do not give discounts to people. I would say that those people who do ask for a discount, guess what? They're not valuing your time or your service. So they're going to treat you terribly. And I've had this experience over and over and over. And if I could give that nugget to anybody, please take it. Trust me. Trust me when I say this. It might, I guess, not hurt, but you might feel like, oh my gosh, but then I'm not going to sign this client. Guess what? You don't want that client. You want the perfect client. Obviously, not everyone's perfect, but you want the ideal client that is going to value your services, pay you up front, pay you in full. And then they're actually putting an investment not only in the service, but in you depending on what you're actually offering. So they're going to value everything that you give them. Now, so then I had that really big dip in November. Then I changed up some packages, other things that I was offering in December. So I went from like, what, 20,000, 21,000 in October, 11,000 Durham in November, 30 in December. And then January, February, March, I made six figures Durham, and that's when I decided to hire an LPR agency. And then, um, yeah, and then I, what was it? Uh, April, May, I made about 35, no, over 40,000 each month. And then I'll say June, I made six figures in one month. What? And yeah, I'm at that pace right now that's amazing yeah and, and that's
0: without that partnership going global already This yeah is just i made
1: yeah i made six figures in june so yeah and then now that i have the global partnership we uh signed on our first client global partnership Yay! Mm-hmm. but now our um when i work with millionaires club it's a lot different like i said it's the time period that you buy yeah. and we say if you invest in us we will find you that hard to find match that's that's our specialty we say, yep, you might feel like you've been burned in the past, but we have what you're looking for. And because we kind of like hold your hand through the whole process, I don't want to say hold your hand because like you need help, but because we cater and curate the whole dating process for you, that's what people are investing into. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think what well, you mentioned there, that November month, let's say when you're making that 11,000
1: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. tying that in. And it was in, my
1: birthday month.
0: Oh, <laughs> hey, mine too. Scorpio?
1: Yeah yay 19th yes number six <laughs>
0: okay um so also that uh contrasting or with with your parents not investing in you right that's so, when i
1: asked for them to invest and they said no
0: <laughs> so so i think that and tell me if this is right but mm-hmm. having those kind of constraints makes you creative which is why yes. you should invite more constraints in your life because it allows you to think outside the box, okay? Because mm-hmm. you already have the mindset, I'm going to make this happen one way or the other. Yes. But now, okay, I don't have the investment. You, you know all your I don't haves. Mm-hmm. So you start focusing on what can I have? And having that concern, we I, I followed this guy on on Twitter for a few years. I was part of his Discord community. He was he got famous for what? He got famous for putting out images on Twitter that were just black and white drawings with geometrical shapes to represent famous quotes. Okay. So he'd take like a Nelson Mandela quote and Mm -hmm. he'd represent it in just black and white with geometrical shapes of what that quote is about. So visualization Mm. of that. And he called it visualized value. And he's a big believer in this, like give yourself a ton of constraints if you want to be creative Mm. versus the typical thing they tell you, if you want to be creative, just keep going out. Keep going outside the box as much as possible. Get five crayons. Get twenty-five crayons, mm-hmm. and paint them all on your paper. But I think that's really important when your back's against the wall, um, and you you find that strength. And some of that comes from within you. Some of that comes from the universe. But mm-hmm. is that so? If I was hearing you right, is that when the packages were born? Like <laughs> the the extra.
1: Yeah, they yeah? kind of so. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting process, right? Because I then in December I was or started in November when I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not making the money that I need to survive. I mean, for me, though, it's really about like the amount of people I help. Yeah, there's a monetary like number to it, but I care about helping the right people and more people because my whole mission like I said I want love 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 all over Dubai and now the world (laughs) um I would say though the packages yeah it came out of having to be a little more creative and um what what does the market need what are people looking for and the reason why I have the different packages is because there's obviously different types of clients and different types of outcomes that people want I would say mainly like the matchmaking, like just the matchmaking is more catered towards men who are just like, find me that person, da 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 Women, uh, m- go more for the dating coaching because they want to gain the tools and techniques to do it themselves and also start putting themselves not only first, but on a pedestal, being able to see both the green and the red flags. Um, And also mastering that dating process because, I mean, it gets muddy. You hear so many different people say this, say that. It's like, okay, we focus on what you actually want, gain direction in there, and then we move from that. Um, I would say the Dubai dating do-over, I try to incorporate that for both, like, men and women. And then they can choose certain services that they want. But, yeah, I mean, I was in a position where I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this successful? And with that, that's where yeah, a lot of different things were born, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. and um, now that you know that, if you ever get into that kind of rut again, there's you did it the last time,
1: yeah, and you can do it again. I won't get in that rut again
0: though. Oh god, (laughs) I'm trying to digest all this positivity, Christiana. (laughs) But yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm 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 on the same page with you on rewiring my brain into that kind of mindset. Uh, Switching gears again, as I do. Um, hiring. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans or do you have someone already? Is there is there a team on payroll? Will there be a team on payroll? What are you thinking? <laughs>
1: um, I would say that my partners that I have now, we are a team that work together. So that's kind of like the people that I go to with business, with um, help, with things like that. Hiring, I have a PR team. Uh, cause that's something that I don't do when I have my podcast dating in Dubai, I hire somebody to edit that cause that's just a skill that I don't have time for. Um, hiring people. The only thing I could ever imagine is hiring an assistant matchmaker in the future, but I already know who that person's going to be, or maybe a couple people are going to be, um, because there's a lot of trust that goes into it matchmaking is like super personal and super sensitive and you either have a knack for it or you don't i think i will always be in charge of matching people but doing the things like planning the date booking the date managing the communication it would have to be somebody that i really truly trust but also i can trust with the brand because i am the brand i'm the face of my brand so it would have to be somebody that i value really highly and it's funny when you talk about hiring before because I remember listening to an interview. This was years and years and years ago. Richard Branson was being commended for his excellent uh, customer service. And somebody asked him, they said, oh, um, what did they say? Something about um, customer service and why why he thinks it's, or why it's been awarded these things, right? And he said, well, because I treat my, how do I say Employees. (laughs) I treat my employees like they are the customer. He says I value my employees. They know that they're working in a team and I value them not only like through money, but through other different uh avenues, channels. They feel empowered and that's why they treat the customers so well. So I think about that in the future. Like if I do hire people, I wanna make sure that they know that they're super valued. But it will most likely just be a really small team of people that I hold on pedestals.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's hard to replace yourself in this kind of business because yeah. it's your brand. It's like, it's the, the whole magic is very personal yes. in that sense. So you might, you're saying, have an assistant matchmaker that might be like a protege, mm-hmm. like a, a version of you. Um, And then I was, I was wondering how you scale this business or what are your thoughts are on that? Mm-hmm. Because you have, and again, you're going to have different framing on this, I can already guess, mm-hmm. but we all have only 24 hours a day and you're you're you have only 24 hours a day how many matches can you make in a day or in a given month
1: well i i fancy myself pretty super (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um i work with when i say new clients because i think that when you're matchmaking um the process is really heavy in the beginning, but then you know you know your client, you know your friend. You're like, oh no, I know this, this is gonna work for them, this is not gonna work for them. It makes, uh, most of the work is done in the beginning. I would say that um, do, 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 I could take on new clients, I would say 10 a month, I could take on new, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, and, and I'd be happy with that.
0: And I guess scaling for you is like, maybe you can take on the same number of customers, but just mm. raise the prices. Well, too, right?
1: Like I was saying, so with matchmaking now, the prices aren't 10 or 11,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now they start at 55,000. Right. Dirham, yeah. So 15,000 US.
0: And you can always, I don't know what people would answer to this, but what's the value of a good relationship? Oh, and, wow.
1: With a a romantic well, relationship
0: yeah, what's or a the, business relationship? So, <laughs> you know, if someone's paying a, a romantic one. Like yeah. if you're paying 55,000, mm-hmm. what is it worth to you? to be introduced to people that would be your life partners, potentially.
1: So my slogan or tagline that I say is, your biggest investment shouldn't be a car, plane, or a home. It should be in your ideal partner. Because when you think about it, um, I think we said this off camera, um, when we were talking about relationships and like these are the needs, the necessities to live a happy, healthy life, right? that's yeah, it's a Love. primal need. Love is yeah. one of them. And a lot of the clients that come to me are uh, people who are super focused in their careers or elsewhere, but mainly careers that they don't have the time, effort or energy to waste anymore in the dating. And they're just like, I've, well, their mindset is that I've reached a certain pinnacle. Now I'm ready to be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that similar view on relationships, but I let them have it. And then I say, okay, cool. I'm here, ready to help you. And um, I think that the main reason why people come to us is because they know that in our database, we not only have beautiful people, but they're also intelligent, driven. And yeah, like that's what you're investing in. You're investing in that quality person that you know is on the same page as you and has similar goals.
0: Right. And, you know, boasting and. 80% 80% success rate well, goes, now, goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I mean, now, though, with our partners, we average yeah. it out. It's like 96% success rate. So What? That, well, I tell you, I say, if you invest in us and you actually follow like yeah. the guidelines that we give you, we will yeah. find you your partner. Yeah. Boom. And I'm also a person that, like, I still work. Oh, my gosh, I don't know if I should say this or not. <laughs> um, I still work with clients that I haven't found them their partner, and they signed on 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Like I literally just set somebody up last night in London. Cause he was like, Hey, it didn't work out with so-and-so. Is there anybody in London? And I said, yeah, no problem. And for me, cause I already know them, right? For me, I'm like, no problem. I'll set you up, see how it goes. I'm waiting for the feedback. So I'll let Honestly,
0: you know. <laughs> that should be the only way to do business. I wish, mm-hmm. I wish this message that you're saying out there gets along because the universe does reward you back.
1: And 1000%. Like mm-hmm. even
0: let's, we were talking about Tash earlier, um, around COVID, um, were you aware of the SME Rise Collective movement that she started? So, she had, um, knowing that a lot of businesses in her portfolio, especially, mm-hmm. were brick and mortar and they were all shut down and losing customers by the second. Um, she set up this SME Rise movement to collect money from um, different businesses or those that did have it mm-hmm. so that, you know, a certain the uh, SME portion of the market can spend on marketing services, for example, mm-hmm. um, on the house on TASH, basically, yeah. and that's how we got to know her initially. Is that we were an agency that she paid with that money that she collected to oh. help out certain clients of hers. So it was like a chiropractic clinic that was almost going broke because mm. no one's going to the Cairo or physio when it's COVID and it's yeah. a lockdown. They just opened up their second location oh. and these business um, owners, these two ladies, very, very gentle human beings and they were struggling. You could feel the tears in their voice. That's mm-hmm. how bad it was. And Tash had done that out of, and wanted nothing back. Right. Yeah. And uh, we also offered like dirt cheap rates. We weren't making profit, but we mm-hmm. did it. Like we believe in this movement. Let's see what we do it. Yeah. And lo and behold, like it's been two years. And from that time till today, there's stuff that just comes to us uh, because of that. Like we are not, I'm probably lucky and I'm not going to knock on wood because you've taught me just, not to. Yeah. Don't, uh, just believe it. But the abundant <laughs> thing is that we've never had to chase clients. Yeah, In the sense same. that we always get referrals. There's always mm-hmm. someone who's talking about us, um, all the way starting from that SME rise till everything that we've done because of having that kind of mindset. Like, oh, just because you paid me 10 months ago and our deal is done, you think I'm not gonna help you. So, yeah. so not even if they're past, but like even doing out of scope uh, work for current always. clients, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've had. I've had um, struggle explaining to people that we hire right to to do work with us too um especially if they're a bit younger out of scope work for people in their 20s is blasphemy like why would <gasps> i do my gosh why Why would i <laughs> sorry marwan if you're listening right this is this is not a dig at you at all he actually he used this to work is out with of
1: scope us. he's he's watching so us. <laughs> marwan used to work
0: for us in our agency mm-hmm. and i can tell you like you've done the most out of scope work without ever yeah, but without ever complaining. Like you'd always be like, I, you know what? I came back with this idea and I did this extra thing. And we want more people like that or mm-hmm. think like that because yeah. that's where the long-term rewards come in, right? Like mm-hmm. being able to earn a client as an agency in Dubai is not easy. You're one in a million. We all agencies kind of look the same. We present oh. ourselves the same. Yeah. Um, what wins us long-term relationships is acts like these, mm-hmm. which are tiny investments of time. And it comes from the heart. Literally comes not from a oh God I gotta do this. It comes from how like wouldn't wouldn't this guy be happy if I just did this extra thing for him? Took it off his plate.
1: So when go I go when I partnered, yeah. yeah, when I partnered with my global partners, they said the reason why men will come to you, because mainly they want to work with men here in Dubai, they said the reason why people will hire you is because they like you. And they said, period dot, that's that's it because they like you. And it's funny that uh, that she said that because throughout my time working with my clients, every single one of my clients has become a friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I'll go to their houses for dinner. We'll go out and just meet. Like, even if like, listen, they're through the matchmaking process. We go out, we meet up, hey, let's meet for a coffee. Hey, you wanna do dinner? Hey, I'm in DIFC, Let, let's meet up. And it's that relationship that I formed with them that that's also another thing that's what makes me want to do more for them too. Yeah. It's because they're just good people and when I do work with somebody I can suss out in their screening call if they're going to be a good client or not and yeah. not just a good client but a good person, good friend. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's kind of like how cuz I choose my clients too. I don't take everybody who comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> I take I choose who I want to work with. Yeah. After that screening call
0: I think that's that's a very similar mantra that we have is, and we get all kinds of different advice on this, but mm-hmm. um, either our friends become our clients or our clients become our friends or both. And yeah. that's that's how we're kind of running the business too. Like we'd like to go out and see the clients outside of work and not talk mm-hmm. business as well. Or some of our friends end up becoming, because you, when you live in Dubai and um, Alina kind of grew up here too. So she went to school here, uh, high school. And um, a lot of these kids had family businesses or they would have enough to start their own businesses as soon as they graduated.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so lo and behold, we go to parties all the time and we meet people and eventually someone's running a business that we think we can add value to. Yeah. Again, we gotta be picky because like, if I can't do well by you, then I'm probably not gonna take that call and we'll just keep the friendship there too. Because exactly. you, know, you don't wanna rip anyone off just because you have that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's the same for you as well. I wanna yes. ask you very specifically, how often do you end up saying no versus yes? And this doesn't have to be for clients, but just Mm -hmm. general decisions. So maybe the partnership that you're on now is probably not the first one you explore. There might have been other ones. How have you practiced saying no? Is it uh, it more no's versus yes? Or (laughs) yeah? how do you you think about
1: it? Um, It's interesting when you brought up the partners because I never reached out to them. They reached out to me. So I had a global brand, a different global brand come to me first. Uh, We had a Zoom or a Teams or whatever you call that. And uh, yeah, I will tell you, I did not get a good vibe. It felt very, very corporate and very like, this is a number. This will be this. This will be that. And because we signed, we did sign something, but there was no exclusivity in it. And I remember asking them for exclusivity and they didn't want to give it. But I said, the universe did the right thing because because I didn't sign exclusivity with them. Literally the day after I signed that contract, my partners contacted me said, hey, would you ever want to join a team? And just even that word team is way different than the mm-hmm. way that the other brand idea. had, had yeah. approached me with. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I feel I really go off my gut. I feel like it's got me this far, <laughs> given me this much success. But um, yeah, I just had such an amazing connection with these people that I said, "This is where it's going to be. This is the right partnership to go with." When clients come to me, I know within the first five to ten minutes if uh, if I'm going to work with them or not. Now there are certain things I won't reveal, but there are certain things that I say at the end of the call that basically just say, "Don't know if this is going to be the right fit." Um I don't say it like that though. Obviously I'm more uh, skilled <laughs> with my words. Um but saying no I think gives you a lot more yeses in the future. Yeah. Digest
0: that. <laughs> can I take a second?
1: <laughs> yeah, digest that.
0: I, it all goes back to the abundance <laughs> thing too. So I'm I'm struggling with something right now. Maybe you mm-hmm. can help me with this. I had a discovery call with a potential client yesterday, right? And it ended mm-hmm. up being about a service that I'm launching, so we do B2C marketing, a lot of it. Yeah. We don't do B2B marketing. I am developing that. It's in very nascent phase. Um, there's still a lot of things to figure out for it. Um, she really liked the pitch mm-hmm. um, to a point where she wanted to start immediately. And I said at the start of the call, I'm like, what I'm telling you is not available before September 1st because August is a busy month for me. I've got shoots. I might be traveling. Um, I may not have the exact, um, I may not be fair in giving you the right amount of time that it needs to set you Mm -hmm. up. Um, And she's been pushing me, uh, do it earlier, uh, do it faster. So Hmm. what about August 15th, August 18th? Said, I need time to think about it. Can we connect next Wednesday? Because yesterday was Wednesday. I said, let's connect next Wednesday. She's like, can we connect sooner? Uh, Like, Friday, like this Friday, I'm like, no, I'm in the studio for two days. I can't connect, but I'm mm-hmm. a business owner and you're willing to pay me. So maybe I can. So like I started looking at my calendar. Mm-hmm. So I had a moment of weakness where I was like, do you work on Saturdays? And I don't do client calls on Saturdays. She said, okay. yes. And uh, and now I went to bed at sleep at night, listening to my gut. Like I shouldn't have done that. This person seems a little pushy. And this is not even the start of a relationship. What would happen once Mm -hmm. I do start servicing them? Would everything be ASAP? Where's my leads? Where's my copy? Where's my thing? And I'm getting that sense. Now, I didn't say no right away. I wasn't skilled Mm -hmm. enough to be able to decline the opportunity to work with them. Um, How can I respectfully
1: respectfully decline (laughs) respectfully
0: walk away from the potential to win this business
1: did you already set up the call
0: yes it's in the calendar so do it don't
1: don't flake on that i wouldn't Mm -hmm. um do the call see what she has to say uh are you clear on your deliverables
0: no that's that's why i need time that's that's the thing the service the the package that i have Mm -hmm. is still being built i'm not sure exactly what goes in it i know about 80 percent of it But how to price it, how to manage it, how much time it will take, resources, all of that. Still, I need at least a couple of weeks to figure that out.
1: Okay. Hmm. Okay. I think that you need to be super clear with your deliverables up front. Mm -hmm. Uh, She needs to be super clear and say she understands what's coming or the expectations. And then if you both are on the same page uh, about this, then I would move forward. But... Mm -hmm seems like you already have a gut feeling that it might not be there. Yeah. The good, re- the relationship you're going to want with this client because also no. And I've had this experience, right? So like I said, the Millionaires Club partnership is newer. Um, I had a client that, re- or a potential client reach out to me. I'm interested in matchmaking, never done matchmaking before. Great. I told him, actually, we have this new partnership where you can do six months instead of just buying a number of matches. He was interested in it great um he wanted a contract that said that he would get 10 matches a week okay keep in mind this is curated customized matchmaking and i said well we are not tinder so that is not the way that it goes all of your potential people are interviewed vetted by myself plan booking the whole the whole shebang and he said well then i'm not going to go through with it And I think he wanted me to be like, oh, no, but you have to. Okay, fine, I'll send you 10 matches a week. I said, no problem, matchmaking isn't for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, I think took a little bit of offense to that, but I was like, it's not, because what we do is a curated service. Like, you either either trust in the process, because also what you need to remember as a business owner, especially if you are, like, you're working with clients, right? Um, It's better when they trust the process. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, to that point, like, so... The B two C side of things that we do—it's mm-hmm. super clean, neat, organized, yeah. all the ins and outs—and I found it at a point where I can have those kind of conversations. Like this, I have this, mm-hmm. and you don't want this. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be on this. This is about like something new, so it's an experimental pilot. So maybe wondering that when you're piloting a new package or a new service, um, I'm and again. I don't know if this is right, but I want to try it with someone that already I know and I trust and I like so that I can have less pressure in building out the whole funnel for them, for example, Mm -hmm. and have their support and understanding to know like this is an experiment. I don't know how it's going to go, but as a friend, you're willing to give me that kind of time and leeway and that space uh, versus keeping me desperate to make you happy Which is why I'm leaning towards a, like, thank you, but, you know, let's either talk in September or let's not talk at all.
1: Yeah. Or, you know what, you can even put the onus on yourself if you don't want to be, like, too direct. I would just say, listen, our packages aren't 100% completed yet. We don't know Mm -hmm. what the deliverables are like. We are doing a beta program. Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever the cost you put on that beta program is, yeah. Um, keep in mind that the reason why we're offering at this price is because um, it, this is in exchange of your honest feedback and testimonial.
0: Okay, that's.
1: And that's ma- maybe easy. you don't do it with this new person, but maybe you do it with an existing client, yeah, uh, that you trust who would be honest with you, but uh, honest in a good way, you know, constructive yeah. rather than this wasn't good, this wasn't that, blah blah. So somebody that you trust that you've already done really well for. Yeah. Offer a beta price, beta program, but this is in exchange for that yeah, honest yeah. feedback and testimonial. Yeah.
0: That, that Venn diagram between our current clients and the new services doesn't match, doesn't okay. mix at all. But I do have a few friends in mind there that you go. I've already like going to a wedding, like, hey, I'm starting a new, new thing. Would you be mm-hmm. interested in trying it out? And they've said, yes. Yeah. So I've been waiting to get to them before I get to someone that came in through a cold channel yeah no um, definitely i so, get that okay cool um i want to jump into very random directions now go <laughs> uh, so there's no rhyme and reason to my question so have you seen the movie memento
1: no no, <laughs> <Should Okay. I?
0: laughs> no it's just you know have you Have you seen any darren Aronofsky movie
1: i'm sure or i have like they're just the <laughs>
0: timelines don't make sense like the story okay. just goes in all these so that's how the questions are going to be from now. here we go where what, what was the time when you first realized, if you can remember, that you're on to something good? Um, I day know dot. you mentioned that. <laughs> I, sorry?
1: I said day dot. No, i meaning like the beginning. <laughs>
0: at, like right at the beginning.
1: Um, I'm going to tell you when I knew that I had something good. Yeah. Um, feedback from my first client who was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible thank you so much um and then more clients that came in through that every single time i go to a networking event every single new person that i meet every single person that introduces me oh my gosh this is the dubai matchmaker people are like this is what dubai needs oh my goodness but i would say the number one thing that keeps fueling my positivity are the like super duper happy clients that i have happy members, happy people going on dates, happy couples, like that's what fuels my positivity, my passion, everything.
0: I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seeing, do you get video testimonials from your clients? Are they comfortable enough to do that? Or
1: I do not ever share the identities of my clients. Um, I, WhatsApp stuff, I do Mm -hmm. get some, uh, I ask for permission if I can share voice notes, but Mm -hmm. people come to me also for that confidentiality and privacy. I would say I get, I get more um, public testimonials from my coaching clients Mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, but I don't ever share names or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. When we um, sit and when we're having a tough day, we sit and rewind our customer testimonial videos. It lifts us right up because it's unscripted, right? And we just Mm -hmm. go to them like, hey, can you say what you actually feel about Mm -hmm. working with us? Yeah. Um, And, you know, the words that come out of their mouth, it's like my, Same thing with my mom. My mom would very rarely tell me to my face that she loves me. But um, yeah, we just have that kind of culture and relationship. Uh, That's so much to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> no God. but but you know she'd be talking to someone else and she'd mm. be like I love my son he's so great my son is this and I'm like mom you never tell me like you know mm. um, I meet an auntie and auntie's like you know your mom's was saying this about you I'm like she never fucking said that to me
2: mm. like
0: say that to me so when we get these testimonials through when you're working with a client when we're working with a client we're so busy in getting the work done with them and they're busy with us that these kind of moments get lost in between of appreciation. Mm -hmm. Um, And we find that doing that video testimonial with them once a year or like once every two years just brings that to the forefront of how much this is a partnership too. Because we absolutely agree with you in the sense that we don't like working with people as clients. Like it's like partners. Like I don't want to be treated like a vendor, Mm -mm. right? Like if they say we're looking for vendors in their initial email, like, ah. Bye bye, we're not going to even have entertain this call yeah. with you. We're not a vendor. Like I don't want to be called that because I know the connotation of what that means.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you're just a number.
0: You yeah, and you're you're replaceable. You're just mm-hmm. a service provider, like service provider, Like those terms matter yeah. um, to us because we can tell the intention of the business owner or the procurement manager, whoever is talking to us, and what kind of relationship they would be expecting, um, and that's notorious for notorious thing in dubai that we are well aware of and we stay away Mm -hmm. from it because we have kind of similar mindset to we got into business to be surrounded by people that we can have high energy around that can feed our high energy and we can give it back and it's not about the money because money comes money goes
1: Uh, oh take that out of money
0: comes take that
1: out of your vocabulary money comes only you can't say you can't say money comes money goes but you need to start thinking um so your relationship with money is like any other relationship Mm -hmm. you have to appreciate it you have to love it so um i my rtt person told me that she was like stop saying money comes money goes Mm. she was like think of it as a constant flow to you constant flow energy tell me more okay so another thing i read a book or listened to this book oh my gosh what's it called you're a bad blank at making money is that what it is <laughs> i, is I it need to remember word? yeah you know you're, you're a badass at making money is that what it's called oh my gosh i'll i'll find it for you it's a green book anyway um she says in it what does she say is it her yeah she talks about you know how a lot of people say you need to save for a rainy day if you have that mentality you're going to start having a lot of rainy days she's like instead what you need to start changing your mindset is that you're saving for a happy moment or something like that like that that was at least my takeaway so i always say i have so much work to do on this yeah you do like let's just listening Mm -hmm. to you
0: speak i'm like that's yeah yeah that's a lot of work for me to do yes which i'm open to um I like that you brought up you're a bad because I I bought a you're a badass book. Yeah. And I yeah, think this yeah, is, is this that the is a one? series.
1: Yes, it's a series. So she's done a series now. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh the one I got was this tiny. Mm-hmm. So it would fit in your pocket and it comes with a button mm-hmm. that every time you smack it it says you're a badass.
2: Oh my gosh. So that's we had funny. it here
0: in the office a few years ago. Yeah. And we'd smack it every time we're just like talking or having lunch. We're like, You're a badass. And then, mm-hmm. it's like that staples button that uh was, yeah. I don't know what that button is, but easy that know. was easy he says, that <laughs> yeah. was easy, but yeah, no, I have so much work to do on that relationship with money, especially having that Change scarcity mm-hmm. um you know whatever the starting point of it was, um either like growing up too so my dad worked um his entire life, he wasn't educated mm-hmm. came here when he was seventeen, this place was a desert back then, so this was 1970. He That's was a 17-year-old kid, he stopped going to school, got on a ship, came here, because mm-hmm. friends told him there's opportunities here. Started as an AC mechanic, you know, made his way into labor jobs and ended up on an oil field doing labor work until he started progressing in his career and became more more of a technician than a, than a labor kind of person. And um, his life and his uh, financial life improved over time even Mm -hmm. throughout my my childhood. So for example, the school I was going to in grade five is very different than the school I went to in grade 12 Mm -hmm. because he was earning a lot more back in grade 12 versus then. So I kind of saw this trajectory of we don't have, we don't have. Okay, we're starting to have, Mm. we're starting to have. But, and then by the time, as I told you, I got to 25, it was all taken away. Hmm. So everything that he'd kind of worked on and saved, kind of wiped out in a short span of time because of family stuff or illnesses and things that came through that was outside of his control nothing to do with bad decision making yeah um and uh yeah that's left quite a scar and luckily or unluckily my wife has a similar story of having it really good Mm. and then facing kind of a rainy period in the financial life where the scarcity kind of creeped in Mm -hmm. so we both have she's so much better than me but um i think i'll I'll be talking to you more (laughs) about that i am cognizant of time oh um i do oh it's
1: sorry i I just remember it's saving for joyous moments
0: saving for joyous moments yeah not for rainy days correct okay
1: erase rainy days from your vocabulary
0: are you up for a rapid fire round
1: let's do it
0: okay um let's see I, I, you know what I do. I usually guess the answers before I won't tell okay. you, and uh, I'll just see where what you answer. So just one, you can just pick one of the two choices. Okay. No context. Start with the easy one: ice cream or gelato.
1: Neither. Nice, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I swear I knew it. I'm the same. <laughs> um,
0: okay. This is a tough one. Exciting flexibility that leads to volatile results, or boring consistency that leads to sure results. A. All right. Spa day or shopping?
1: A. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you weren't living in Dubai or New York, where would you be?
1: London. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Favorite Netflix show of all time not released this year?
1: Oh, it's, is it called The AO? The AO? Yeah. That is that for? what it's called? Um. So it's, it's a really interesting show about... Oh my gosh, now I'm blanking. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like sci-fi-ish, but you gotta watch it. I love sci-fi. That's Mm -hmm.
0: most of my art consumption is Mm sci-fi. Okay, the one book you think every business owner should read?
1: You're Badass at Making Money. That that actually reading that book that made me really, that put the nail in the coffin for resigning from my previous job. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Because was she said, she's like, she said, this is your sign. Quit that job. And I was like, oh, snap. I, I, I remember this. I was walking on Burge Boulevard because I live downtown. And I was walking and I was like, and when she said that, I can tell you which building I was in front of, Boule- Boulevard 0. One. And I was walking. I said, okay, I'm going to resign.
0: So get the audiobook too, right? Yeah.
1: So I, I do audiobooks. books. Okay.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, if you were to stop working as a matchmaker, which mm. I'm probably going i mean, never
1: going to. Never.
0: Uh, but if you were to, what else would you be doing?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. Something to do with connecting people. Yeah. I love connecting people. And I've always been a natural connector. Whether that was friends, uh, romantic partners, business, helping people find their path in business. I love that.
0: Amazing. Um, I think you partially answered this, but we can, maybe this one can have a bit more context uh big company or small company what do you believe?
1: small keep uh yeah i think um even bethany frankel who's like a multi multi-millionaire uh she i just listened to her book she said i have a small team and i have a small team for a reason
0: and what's the reason
1: and yeah she talks about uh trusting people but valuing the people that you have and i think her and i are similar i mean just from the book <laughs> she also is a real housewife of new york so <laughs> um she talks a lot about uh, trust uh valuing the people that she works with and also having those still that sense of control because even though she sold her business called skinny girl um It was Skinny Girl Margaritas at the time. Now it's like massive line lifestyle brand. Uh, But she sold it for like 130 something million to like Jim Beam. And but part of her contract was that she stayed on as CEO. She didn't just give it away. She's like, no, I want to stay on as CEO. And I feel like that's kind of the mentality and the spirit that I have as well.
0: I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a few things that I've bookmarked for round two, because there's, there's so many things that we can talk about. I think when we meet again with more experiences the oh, next time yeah. as well we can uh <laughs> we can probably test out some of the theories that we tested out in this conversation let's do it um i want to ask you um i'm just getting the time from there as well yeah got it um. yeah where can people find you if they're looking for you where are you online are you social are you not social is your email open how do people yeah. get in touch with you
1: so i'm super duper social yeah. <laughs> so you can find me at christiana.maction.matchmaker uh, my website has all the information for joining the free database becoming a premium paying client www.christianamaction.com and yeah dm me i'm so like open and like it's so funny like when people actually message me they're like oh i didn't i didn't know you were going to message me back i'm like yeah i'm the only one who runs my socials so you want to get in contact with me do that or email info at christianamaction.com i'm here for you
0: awesome okay Mm -hmm. before you head out Mm -hmm. uh is there a message for the audience that you want to say um or or for people to listen like if you were to put something on a billboard That's not an advertisement for your business. Is there a message that you'd like to give the audience?
1: Well, I was going to say dating in Dubai is not dead. (laughs) But I guess that is to my business. Um, I would say, gosh.
0: Yeah, I mean, keep in mind most of the people that Mm -hmm. will be my audience are entrepreneurs, new business owners, old business owners. Uh, If there's one thing that you would say to them.
1: Uh, Do it. But um, number one, invest in people. Invest in mentors. I think that having somebody uh, who's already gone through the process, this podcast is obviously an amazing platform, but that personalized mentor who can take you through the steps, especially someone who started a business in Dubai. If you're starting a business here, because, you know, there's hoops and loops to jump through. Uh, you know, there's so many different companies you can go with agencies, I would say, invest in a Dubai mentor.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll run some of them by you. I'm shortlisting a few already.
1: Yes, I have um, some. Well, I, I use Kelly Lundberg. She was my first business mentor. Oh, yeah? And I guess my only one at that point. Uh, she helped me to kind of streamline things. She built my website, her team, and uh, she and I are still friends to this day. She, she awesome. even helps me with styling. I love her.
0: <laughs> That's Awesome. Well, Christiana, thank you so much for coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to tell you, I took copious amounts of notes. I um, see. <laughs> and there's, there's going to be much more the next time as well. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love that for two hours straight, you kept a smile on. That's Always. amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, give me some of that. Um, I, have, I have some things to work on already okay. um, from this conversation, and you've been great help in these two hours too, and can't wait to have you back.
1: Oh, I'm excited to come back. Thank you, Naeem. Thank you so much. And
0: Marwan, my guy. And Marwan, M-Dog. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do share this episode with someone you think will enjoy it as much as you did. To find out who else will be coming on or to recommend someone I should talk to, please follow my Instagram. It's at myfirstbusinesspodcast or go to the website myfirstbusinesspodcast.com.